higher world beyond this material dimension that we currently exist in? Do you believe in such beings as spirits and angels, and that it's possible to communicate with such beings when you need help and guidance in your life? Do you believe in the power of mind and of the human spirit, and that this universe in which we live is far more magical and fantastic than we have been told? If so, you're not alone, and in this podcast, we will endeavor to talk about some of these subjects and focus on the growth of our greater selves. This is the Infinite Journey. Blessings to one and all, and welcome to the Infinite Journey podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and today on the show, we are going to be talking about always angels. And when we use the terminology angels here, uh, we're not just talking about those celestial beings that sometimes people encounter in a time of need in their lives. We're talking about a wide array of people, even animals, circumstances, that can be like earth angels in our lives, coming along at just that right moment when we need them most. And sometimes, maybe more times than not, if you're a human being, you can look back on your life and Recall those times when you were going through a very difficult situation. And maybe there were people around that were offering to help or to spend time with you just to be a friend. Maybe there was a different set of circumstances unfolding on the sidelines that you were just disinterested in it all. You were too busy looking at your own depression and bad feelings and misery that you let potential help or relief just escape your life. And I'm sure that if most of us look back over our journey through life, we can recall many such instances like this. Because there's one thing I've noticed in my lifetime, and that is the universe always seems to provide. There is that divine force out there that seems to take care of its own, take care of all of its children and creatures on the earth that were not left abandoned. But many times, we don't see the forest for the trees, or we don't see the angels when they're right in front of us. I can recall uh, a friend of mine years ago, probably in uh, through the 1980s. I think the last time I, I spoke with her was in the early, mid-1990s. And she had a very difficult childhood. 
her parents were always fighting. Her mother drank a lot. Her father was always working or never home. She had a brother, and when they were younger, her brother and her got along very well. But as they got a little bit older, maybe when she was somewhere around 9, 10, 11, he began to change, and her brother became more distant, more insulting, you know, just not a nice guy to, to be around. And she felt very alone in her in her life, in her home. She felt like her family wasn't a family. But they had, her and her brother had a mutual friend. And um, I, I, th- I think if I recall the story correctly, her brother dated this girl in the neighborhood for a while, and then they were all just friends. But uh, this mutual friend had a brother. And the, the brother um, liked my friend when, when they were quite young. For years, he liked her. And they had a lot in common. The, their family life was very much the same growing up. They were kind of the black sheep of the family. When they did hang out all together in a group and the brother was there, they noticed that they had the same kind of sense of humor. They liked the same kind of things. And the brother had voiced that, you know, very young, you know, that, oh, you know, she's cute, I like her. But my friend never, never took the initiative to be personal, close friends with or date the brother of this mutual friend of her and her brother. Now, she thought this guy was cute, he was funny, he was nice, he was always very respectful toward her but she told me when we were talking one day in later years in the uh, probably the the mid late 90s she said you know i i really liked him and the only reason i never reached out to him to become personal friends or to date him when i was in my teens or a little bit older was because i was afraid of the ridicule of the people around me. Because her brother always said, oh, he's such a dork. Oh, he's such a wimp. The mutual friend would say, oh, my brother, he's such an idiot. You know, he's he's so dumb. He's so stupid. He was the kid that was always kind of dumped on in his house. And, you know, she said to herself, "I, I never approached him or thought about being close with him because I was afraid of what my brother would say, what our mutual friend would say, what other friends would say. But she said, how stupid was I? Because all of these people, they were cold, they were distant, they were insulting, they were sharp in their language toward one another, toward her. And, you know, I get that. I, I grew up in, in similar circumstances where, you know, everybody around me was, uh, it, it just seemed like in the, the latter 70s through the 1980s, and if you grew up during that time, I'm now 53, if you're in the same age bracket, uh, you know, comment 
send me an email. Let me know if it was the same for you, that it seemed that time period in life to be insulting to others, uh, to be what they called a master rank-out artist, was just the thing to do. Whether you were old, whether you were young, it seemed nobody had anything nice to say about anybody. And uh, it was the same in her household, apparently. And uh, she said, you know, I, my friend, when I was talking to her back in the, you know, the 90s, she said, I wonder how different my childhood, my younger years would have been if I'd actually just said, you know what, all these people are mean and, you know, insulting and rude to me anyway, what do I care what they're going to say next? What would have happened if I just reached out to this guy and we became friends or even boyfriend and girlfriend? I might have had somebody that I could relate to. I might have had somebody there to tell my problems to and lean on somebody I could depend on and vice versa. But she said, I, I let it go. I just, for the fear of ridicule of other people around me, I just decided, you know, I wasn't going to do it. So how many of us have done things like that? Here we are in these worst circumstances or the angst of childhood and teenage years and the universe provides it's right there in front of us but for some strange earthly reason we refuse it because you know folks i really believe that god the universe, the divine spirit, always has a safety blanket for us, a safety net. And there's always someone or something to catch us when we fall. We're never left alone or abandoned, no matter how bad we are or no matter how bad things are around us. To tell you another story, and, and I've noticed things like this all of my life. And I'm talking about this on this podcast today because I was, I was meditating uh, probably uh, two, three days ago. And I found in my time of meditation, which was more of a time of uh, meditative contemplation with my eyes closed, that suddenly this thought came into my mind. I, I was thinking about this my own life, the lives of others around me, that the universe always seemed to provide comfort and companionship and friendship and help, and how many times people accepted that help or flat out rejected it or blew it for some reason. You know, another story that comes to mind is my own uncle. I literally had an Uncle Arnold. And Arnold was uh, a very strange dude. I think it was upbringing because uh, my father and his two brothers and sister, my, my uncles and my aunt, uh, they didn't have an easy upbringing themselves. 
And I think, uh, like anybody else, you know, it affects the way you think. It affects the way you see the world, the way you react toward others. But my uncle Arnold, he always found fault with people. He could be the nicest guy you want to sit and talk to. But then the next minute he could be for no reason at all. He'd say things like, you know, you'd be talking to him, you know, what you happened at work today, what, you know, what you did with your friends or what you planned on doing. And he'd just come out of nowhere and he'd tell people, yo, man, you sound crazy. What are you talking about? Why do you waste your time with that kind of nonsense for? What do you want to do that for? And I, and I think it was jealousy when people talked about friendships and aspirations and plans that they had for their lives. Because later in life, he became the kind of guy that always complained that he was alone. He was lonely. He was always in his house. He wasn't married. Uh, some relatives went over to see him. My parents did. I did. My brother did. Uh, there was a couple other cousins that would visit him. But a lot of people wrote him off because of these mood swings. He was almost uh, like he was bipolar. He could be nice and then turn on people and call them names and be insulting. And he always told people they were crazy and talking a bunch of nonsense. And, uh, you know, you felt bad for the guy because you knew something wasn't right. But he always said, oh, you know how alone he was. But it was because of the way he treated people. But even in that state, even in that state of mind that he was in and the things that he would say to people and he would make friends and sooner or later the people would just abandon him because they were like, you know, what's up with this guy? You know, he's nice to me one day. The next time I see him, he's, you know, uh, mean as hell, you know, <laughs> saying all these terrible things to me and I didn't do anything. But no matter how badly he treated people and lost friends, it seemed that the universe, again, always provided. I mean, this guy could just be sitting out in his front yard, and a car would drive by, and there would be somebody he hadn't seen in years, an old schoolmate. Is that Arnold? Hey, how you doing? People just seemed to come into his life in droves friends, women that were interested in him, and some of them were, were very nice people. And he'd befriend them for a while, maybe date the woman for a while, but then it would go bad as it always did because of his mood swings. And people did suggest to him that, you know, maybe he should uh, talk to somebody about this. Maybe he needed some medication, but... Of course, he refused, and, you know, you can't make somebody uh, do something if they're not being a danger to themselves or others when it comes to mental health issues. But, uh, you know, I just noticed in his life how many people would literally come to his door, one after the other. But yet there he was, always saying nobody came around, he was alone. He'd be nice to people for a while, then he'd, you know, become very, uh, very nasty, and they would end up, you know, walking away from him, just kind of leaving it alone. But then somebody else would come, and it was almost like the universe was always saying to him, "Hey, 
I hear what you're saying. I know what you're feeling. Here's a friend. Here's a girlfriend. Well, that one didn't work out. Here's another one. Well, you blew that one. Here's another one. He had this endless, this endless stream of people literally coming right to his front door because he lived uh, right on a major strip of road in the town that he lived in. Uh, it was in the country, but it was the, the main drag, I guess you could say. And sometimes it was someone that he knew from his past, but sometimes it would be a complete stranger that just happened to be walking down the street and see him in his front yard and wave, hi, how are you? And then start talking to him. And, you know, there it was, somebody that was a friend. Oh, it was great talking to you. We should have a barbecue. Oh, yeah, come over anytime. But it always ended as it ended. But it was amazing. It was always amazing to me. And I noticed that uh, years ago, how the universe or God always seemed to provide the companionship that he so desperately wanted. No matter how many times he blew it. And I've always said, for me, we can't judge people. You know, we have a lot of religious people today and throughout the years who judge people. Oh, they're going to hell. They're a sinner. You know, they're no good. They're a bad person. We don't know the heart and the mind of other people. We don't know what's going on inside of them. We don't know if they're dealing with, you know, depression or some kind of other mental health issue that makes them act the way they act. We don't know what their life story is or even how they perceive life. Maybe they're hurt. Maybe they're angry. Maybe they feel like nobody cares. I mean, certainly there are people out there that take advantage of others and, you know, you have to kind of watch your back, especially in this day and age. But there's so many folks that judge other people when they don't really know what makes them tick. And to me, my uncle was an outstanding example of this as what I've always believed in my heart, that God doesn't judge us by those exterior actions and things that we do. He looks at the heart. He looks at the state of mind. He knows who we are. He knows if we're broken. And he doesn't hold that against us. I mean, as mean and as crazy as my uncle could be, and I could tell stories that would you, <laughs> you know, it would make you say, wow, you know, this guy did have a serious problem. But no matter how bad he screwed things up, how mean he was to other people. It was like the universe always said, you know what, I know this guy has issues and I'm just going to keep sending him what he needs. And maybe one day he'll wake up and see the blessing right in front of him, get the help he needs, and change his life. And that really spoke volumes to me, observing his life as a family member and just as a spiritual observer.
And that's what I always mean, or that's what I mean when I say always angels, because there's always that earth angel. There's always that person, that circumstance that seems to come and help us when we need it most. For some people, that earth angel might be a stray dog or a stray cat that needs a home, that needs love. And they take that animal in, and that animal brings something into their lives that is just overwhelming with love and compassion. And you hear many people say about animals that they've had, rescue animals, cats, dogs, or strays that just wandered up to their home off of the street and they took them in. They'll say, that animal, that dog, that cat, that was our angel. We needed or I needed that animal just as much as they needed me. And they rescued me just as much as I rescued them. Sometimes those earth angels can come in the form of a job opportunity. When someone needs money, they've tapped all their resources, they're out of work, and at the last minute something comes along. Just about, it seems like when they're ready to fall over that financial cliff, the phone rings. Or they're out and about somewhere and see a help wanted sign in a window. Or someone just says, hey, I know someone who's hiring. It just comes out of the blue at the zero hour. And the person is literally rescued from whatever would happen next. You know, being out on the street, not able to put food on the table, not able to pay the bills. And, you know, when I was meditating uh, the other day, when this started just going through my mind for some reason, that's the words that I heard. It was like I, I was observing my own life. I was observing other people's lives. All this was going through my mind while I meditated. And I heard those words just out of nowhere. It said, always angels. The messenger of the divine always comes. And it could be a literal celestial being that happens to people. It could be a person. It could be an animal. It could be an opportunity. It could be a book or an article that someone reads or a movie that they watch. How many times have we heard people say, I was so depressed or I was lost. I, I couldn't find direction in my life. And a friend of mine recommended this book or I was in the bookstore and this just seemed to jump off the shelf at me and I bought it, took it home, you know, laid on the coffee table for weeks or a month before I picked it up to read it and it changed my life. It was the message that I needed to hear to gain greater clarity, insight, and wisdom to start changing my circumstances, start taking my life in a different direction. Sometimes those angels that come appear in the form of observing 
good-hearted people helping someone else in need. And it redeems our faith in humanity. Like here in the United States, when 9-11 happened. So this was 2001 when these airplanes uh, flew into the World Trade Center, and it was a lot of people died. It was something the likes of which many have never seen before. People were afraid. People were confused. People were angry. People were devastated. But during and after that horrific event, there were so many people that said, you know what really held me together during all that? Or gave me courage or gave me hope? Was watching all of those other people, the policemen, the firemen, local business owners, just random people running into that fire and that smoke and that debris and just helping other people. There were so many people that said that watching that, they realized that they were watching other people in this world be the hands of God in the most horrific circumstances you could ever witness. And that's the thing, folks. Always angels. They're always there. There's always something or someone there to help, to catch us when we fall, to help us through when times are tough. And I think that's one of the biggest problems we're facing right now in our world, is that nobody's looking for the angels. Nobody is wanting to volunteer to be an angel. I mean, some people are. It's all around us, actually, if you look. But nobody's noticing. Instead of giving our attention to where is the good, where is the light, where are the angels right now, where are those people, where are those things or circumstances that are pointing toward healing and a better tomorrow, we're all looking at the negativity. We're all eating up the political propaganda. We're all looking at the conspiracy theories. We're all giving our time and attention to the people that do the fear-mongering. And the sad thing is a lot of people point to those individuals and say, they're the angels. They're the ones who are telling us the truth. Those are the people that are telling us what's really happening in the world. But those are not the angels. Those are not the healers and the divine messengers and the comforters. Because those messengers, healers, and comforters will never bring fear. They will never bring division. They will never bring confusion or anything of the like. They always bring comfort, peace, healing, and strength. So don't be deceived into thinking just because someone holds up a religious title or says, I believe, that they are the angel that you're looking for. 
because if they're spreading any of these negative energies or emotions or mindsets, then they're not the angel you're looking for. And they're really not helping anybody because generally they always come to you with or come to us with a message of fear and how bad everything is and how much worse it's going to get. But oh my gosh, you know, support me financially so I can continue to tell you how bad everything is and what you need to do to be safe when it gets really bad. That's uh, what my grand my grandmother used to say was just feathering their own nest. And that's something that the con artists and the charlatans always do. So I think we need to get our eyes off of that kind of thing and start looking at the people who are out there handing out food, running food banks, the doctors and the nurses who are helping people in the hospitals, many of them risking their own lives, risking catching this virus without proper medical gear to protect themselves, but they still go to work every day because they say, I have to try to save those lives. Those are the angels. Those are the messengers. Those are the people we should be giving time and attention to. And if we must mirror someone's behavior and motives, mirror their behavior and motives. Do some good. Be the angel for somebody else. You're not being the angel for somebody else by telling them you better get right because the end is coming soon. You're not being someone's angel by telling them that everything is a lie and they're, they're going to be deceived and sucked in by you know, uh, the government or the New World Order and rejected by God and sent to hell. Uh, you know All this stuff, they, you know, that's not being someone's angel when they need you to be. That's scaring someone. Be someone who brings healing, encouragement, strength, positivity. Look for the angels in your own life and then be the angel for somebody else. Because there are always angels. And we all need to start looking for them now. I hope you got something out of this podcast today. Again, I thank you for listening. It's always appreciated. Until next time, be safe, be well, be good to one another, look for the angels, and be the angel. That is the way to take our lives, our communities, our countries, the world, to a place of peace. All else is just more noise and static that creates chaos. And let's face it, people are in chaos right now because they're confused, they're angry, they're afraid. And many people are having this knee-jerk reaction to everything that's going on. But if we could just bring them back down to earth, bring each other 
back down to earth and get a little perspective, then God knows what we could accomplish together. Thank you again for listening. I'm Paul James Caden, and I will see you next time on The Infinite Journey.